0: Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully, your day is going well. It's Monday. We're starting out a brand new week. Now I want to remind you, I record these at just after midnight, so we're in the early, early hours of Monday. Whatever might happen today, I don't know about as yet. But when it does happen, I can assure you, we'll be talking about it. The important thing to remember, though, is that there will be plenty of shit happening this week. Shit shows will ensue. There will be a plethora of of shit shows. And the reason I know this is because since I started the Rational Boomer Podcast, there's never been a shortage of shit shows or stories to talk about. That's been the easiest part of doing the Rational Boomer Podcast. I never have to sit here and say, well, what the fuck are we going to talk about? There's always plenty of shit. And I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful for the fact that when we started the podcast, most of the stuff was negative. It was going the wrong way. It was hurting our country, hurting people in this country. We still have that going on, plenty of it going on, but we're feeling a paradigm shift. Things are starting to go the other way. These criminals, these corrupt criminals are starting to get exposed. We're on the precipice of these clowns being held accountable, possible indictments. So at least now the news while it's plentiful is starting to be more good news. I know it's frustrating for a lot of folks because it's not happening fast enough, but what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to call Merrick Garland up and say, "Yeah, let's let let's wrap this thing up." Not going to work. All we can really do is sit and wait and watch and see what happens. Now, as I've said before, We need to keep in mind that we have a certain amount of power in this country. Power we have not exercised for a long time. That is the power of public opinion. Everybody says, what can I do? I'm just one guy. I'm just one guy. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Speak up. Speak loud. Speak proud. Control the narrative. If all of us do this... This will put pressure on the proper people and we will get things done. As I pointed out a couple of podcasts ago, Eli Lilly, dropping the price of insulin. And the only reason for that is because people knew about it and were bitching about it. So keep that in mind as we go into the rest of 2023 and off into 2024 where we will ultimately have a presidential election. Instead of sitting on your butt on your couch, saying, Woe is me, I can't do anything. Speak out. Keep speaking out. Be loud about it and get other people doing the same. And then we can make a full-on shift in this paradigm from the shithole we were in to something much better. It's got to happen. We can't get any lower than we were. We can only get better, but I think it's important that all of us keep pushing and talking and pushing and talking so we can actually not only be what we were, but better than that. We've always had some room to improve in this country, even when the Democrats were in control, and it wasn't quite as crazy as it is now. We still had plenty to improve on. So let's not just settle for getting back to normal. Let's get, get back to normal and then beyond. Let's once and for all fix this fucking country and make it the kind of country it's supposed to be, where our politicians serve this country and the people who are the backbone. That's us, the middle class. So we'll see what happens. Anyhow, we'll start this off, this show. With an email, and this comes from Deborah. Deborah has written a number of times, always a great pleasure to hear from Deborah. She says, Hi, Mike, it makes me so happy to hear your daily podcast, your defense of our transgendered population. Fill me with hope that we still have good humans in this country. Seems to me the demonic assault comes from the Baptist evangelists and youth pastors and even sitting members of our government. Daily we see arrests for hundred if not thousands of CP sexual assault and trafficking. They dropped all charges on Meathead. Matt refused to investigate Jim Jordan. The UN is looking at us of the inhumane treatment of women and those who can get pregnant but not a peep of this in our own country seems the circus continues these fascists are something else they need a good old-fashioned ass whooping every hour on the hour have a fantastic week Deborah. well you make a good point Deborah. and I struggle with this a lot I really do because I'm not a violent guy I don't think um, violence is an answer to anything it never really makes anything better but when I watch these people, like the Lauren Bober or the Paul Gosars, or 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 uh, Matt Gates or any of these people, to stand up there and do the things they do and get away with it, it really frustrates me. I mean, these people have become emboldened that they can be criminal and corrupt, and they know that the media will give them a free ride. We know that the government and the DOJ will let it slip because they're too afraid it might cause problems. It's really very frustrating. It's almost as if, what else can you do if the DOJ won't step up and do their fucking job? What's the next step? And again, I'm not a violent guy, but I do go to a dark place. I'm always looking for answers how to fix things. You know, especially if you've got a bully that's picking on somebody. You can go to that bully and say, listen, it's not nice to do this. Stop it. Does that stop him? No. You can go to the administration, tell him to stop. Doesn't work. Go to his parents, tell him to stop. It doesn't work. There is absolutely only one thing you can do to stop a bully like that is to knock him on his ass and make him stay down, literally kick his ass. So when I see these politicians up there doing all these criminal and corrupt and disgusting activities and then smirking as, I'm going to get away with it because I'm rich or famous or powerful, it makes me angry. And then it brings me to that dark place saying, you know, they're like bullies. They keep getting away with it, keep getting away with it. These fuckers need to be taken down. And when I say taken down, I'm thinking like, like say on January 6th, say we had the National Guard there and say these people are coming into the Capitol. They had enough firepower on the uh, Capitol side of things. Somehow in my mind, I think that instead of just Ashley Babbitt, if they were coming at the Capitol, screaming about murdering Nancy Pelosi and hanging Mike Pence, breaking in, injuring 150 cops. Somehow I feel like, you know, the National Guard been there and said, fuck it, you keep coming, you're going to get shot. And of course, they keep gutting. And then if they'd taken out 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 of them, I think the tone might have been different. Yes, everybody's worried that, well, if we do that, we could get in trouble or or politically it won't be right. But what the fuck? You've got a National Guard, you've got a police department, and you've got the U.S. Capitol, maybe one of the most sacred political buildings in this country, and you can't even protect it? Had the National Guard been there and taken out 50 or 100 of them, as sad as that might be, I mean, for those people, if they ended up in the um, wreckage there, the collateral damage, it just goes to what we've always said, fuck around and find out. But had that happened, there would have been a different tone from these people because they're cowards. They would have ran away. It wouldn't have been as bad as it is. And when I see these people that... Tried to incite and strategize and plan and fundraise for it, the members of Congress, they sit there smirking, still in their seats, thinking they're going to get away with it. Now, we don't know if they will. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But as I've said before, we go through this whole thing and nobody gets indicted. There's going to be a lot of angry people, and it isn't going to be MAGA fucks. It's going to be liberals. And as much as the Republicans have some crazies, so do the Democrats. And one of my biggest fears is that if something like this happens and nobody's held accountable, one or two crazy Democrats might decide to take out some of these politicians. Now, as sad as that would be, and it's something I don't want to see I guarantee you this, if that did happen, a bunch of these politicians would change their stripes because they're fucking cowards. I'm not advocating for violence. What I'm advocating for is the DOJ to do its fucking job. And if you're worried about what it's going to be if you don't prosecute the president, former president, and all the others, you better worry about what's going to happen if you don't do it. Because there's going to be a lot of angry people, people thinking they're losing their country, much like the folks attacking the Capitol on January 6th, except in this case, it will be real. The Republicans always talk about a civil war if Donald Trump gets indicted. That is absolute bullshit. That won't happen. But if he doesn't get indicted, I'm very fearful about what might happen. And if the DOJ can't do it, maybe that's the only thing that would shut these people down and get them running. I never hope for violence, but there are times in life where that's the only response you can give. I've had my share of experience with bullies in my time, not only for me, but people I knew. And in each one of those cases, the only way to stop them cold is to knock them on their ass. It really is. And it's sad that people are that stupid, that that's what it takes, but I'm afraid That is what it takes. Everything will be fine if the DOJ, Georgia, and New York do what they say they're going to do, indict these motherfuckers. I don't even care how the trials go. Let's just get the indictments going, and then when the dust settles, we can figure out how the trials are going to go. But this will tie these fuckheads up. Not only Donald Trump, but the sitting members of Congress. I mean, Trump said yesterday, and we're going to talk more about what Trump said uh, during CPAC, because he made a lot of claims, all of which were lies, and we're going to point them out. But he said that this is what he said. He said, even if he gets indicted, he's still running in 2024. And then he said, I'll probably get more votes because I'm indicted. I'm here to tell you right now, Donald Trump, first of all, guaranteed, will not be the Republican nominee for president in 2024. There is no way that is going to happen. Now, it's conceivable he could win as a third-party candidate, which it wouldn't surprise me because it's all about Donnie Trump. But if he does that, it'll just destroy the Republican Party and uh, the Democrats will win easily. They're going to win easily anyway. If Donald Trump is the candidate, and there's no way that's going to happen, even if he was, it would be a huge gift to the Democrats. I've said that before, and I'll stand by it. Donald Trump is going to get indicted. I'm convinced of that. He is the top of the heap. He's the one that committed the most crimes. All these other people, at the very least, are accessories to Donald Trump's crimes. And I wanted to mention something else. Um, you said it makes me so happy to hear your daily podcast, your defense of our transgendered population, fill me with hope that we still have good humans in this country. I do too. I do too. There are a lot of people. <clears throat> there are a lot of people that heap praise on me because I said something here, and on TikTok, about supporting transgendered people. I got to tell you, I'm not really supporting transgendered people. I'm not supporting people of color. I'm not supporting Jewish people. I'm simply supporting fucking people. The fact that they might be a different color, different sexual orientation, different religion is neither here nor there. I mean, it's like the difference between the color of your hair, the color of your eyes. It's not important people are people. There are good people, and those are the people I want to associate with. There are bad people, and I don't want to associate with them, and I will fight with them. Now, I have to be fair about this. I will support anybody who is a good person who wants the best for this country themselves and their families and all that stuff, whether they be black, white, Jewish, Catholic, Gay or straight, I don't care what that what color they are. That that's not a thing. But at the same time, when it comes to people of color, uh, Jewish people, marginalized people, gay people, if they're bad people, if they're criminals, if they're hurting other people, I'm going to hate those motherfuckers because it doesn't matter what their color or what their sexual orientation. This is about. I support people. I don't support people that are categorized by a certain distinction or something that distinguishes them. I mean, there are things that distinguish me. I'm 62 years old. I'm old. I don't have as much hair as I once used to have. I'm not as in good a shape as I used to be. I'm maybe a little more um, curmudgeonly than I used to be. But I'm still who I am. I'm still a person. And if you happen to hate old white men, I ask you to at least give me a a chance to talk to me and then decide what you think about me. The fact that I look like every other white boomer who is a racist doesn't make me a racist. And you don't know that until you get to know me. And the same could be said for everybody throughout this country. Whether you're Jewish or Catholic, black or white, gay or straight, get to know the people. That's all that fucking matters. The rest is window dressing. And I'm not trying to diminish people's lifestyles, but it really is. I'm really put off by the whole aspect of sexual orientation. Who fucking cares? I think I've told the story before where I met a couple that was really upset about gay people and transgendered people and all this sort of thing. And then when we got done with the conversation, I asked them what kind of crazy kinky shit they do in their bedroom. And they were appalled. They said, that's none of your business. And I said, that's exactly my fucking point. What people do in their bedrooms is nobody's business other than the people in the fucking bedroom. So if you expect that for you, Maybe you should afford that to other people, whether you like what they do or not. I said, for all I know, you bring in farm animals and have a fucking swing in your bedroom. I don't care. That's cool. Do what you want to do. But what goes on in your bedroom doesn't fucking matter to me. So, Deborah, thank you. I, 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 you know, I do support transgendered people, but more so I, I support people. Just people. I don't care about all the other all the other shit. I wanted to bring something up too. I was reading an article and we'll talk about it later. Um, this Simon Gorka guy. He's a big buffoon, clown, dumbfuck, Trump humper, racist, misogynist, anti-Semite. He's one of these fucking clowns. He's worked with uh, the Nazi party. But he was also employed by Donald Trump during his administration. There was a lot of talk in CPAC, Simon Gorka, and some guy from a podcast or a TV show or something like that. And they used a term when they were talking about transgendered that just fucking incensed me. Because it kind of ties into what what I was just talking about. They were talking about transgendered people, and they used the term that they need to be Eradicated. Now, it's a funny thing about Trumplefox. Whenever they say something horrific, they'll say, well, I didn't mean that. You really thought I meant that? I didn't mean that what I really meant. No, motherfucker, when you say the term eradicated, it can only mean one thing. We're talking about the possibility of genocide. And that is on your minds when it comes to the transgendered folks. And you're talking about this, it's something that was once a relatively respective, preeminent convention for conservative and Republican people. That is troubling. Now, as I've said before, sometimes when I look at these people I I want or listen to these people, I want to kind of go to the dark side. And this big dumpy piece of shit, uh, Sebastian Gorka. Here is one guy I would love to just punch in the face and knock on his ass. I'm sure he wouldn't get up. He's a fucking coward. But anybody that would suggest something like that is truly the enemy of this country. Again, based on someone's sexual background or sexual preferences, these people think they should be eradicated. If that is not a red flag for this country, I don't know what is. If you're a Democrat, you should be appalled and upset, and we need to push back on these motherfuckers. If you're a Republican, you should be appalled too. But if you support that kind of language, well, then you're the fucking enemy too. And watch out, because shit's going to come your way. You cannot say this in this country. You cannot say it. Anywhere in this country, without getting backlash, and the backlash may get pretty serious when you're talking about people's lives. I would love to get somebody like Sebastian Gorka on this program to talk to him. He never would, he never would, but it would be fun, nonetheless, to have a chance to talk to these fucking idiots All right, let's move on. We'll talk about CPAC again. It was the biggest story of the weekend. There was a lot of people talking at CPAC, but of course the the star of the show was Donald Trump. And Donald Trump steps up and gives his speeches. And you probably aren't surprised to know that 99.999% of what he said was an absolute lie. And we're going to go through some of them and point out what he said and why it's a fucking lie. Now as President Donald Trump made some of his most thoroughly dishonest speeches at the annual Conservative Political Action Conference, as he embarks on another campaign for the presidency that will never happen, Trump delivered another CPAC doozy Saturday night. Trump's lengthy address to the right-wing gathering in Maryland was filled with wildly inaccurate claims about his own presidency, Joe Biden's presidency, foreign affairs, crime, elections, and other subjects. And here's some of the false claims he made. Now, this one actually hits home pretty good because it's regarding Minnesota, the National Guard in Minnesota. They were talking about riding amid racial justice protest after the police murdered George Floyd in Minneapolis in 2020. Trump claimed he had been all, he had been ready to send in the National Guard in Seattle, then added, we saved Minneapolis. The thing is, we're not supposed to do that because it's up to the governor, the Democratic governor. They never want any help. They don't mind. It's almost like they don't mind to have their cities and states destroyed. That's something wrong with these people. Funny he should mention that. Let's go to uh, East Palestine, Ohio, where we had the train derailment and all this toxic fumes and fluid getting released into the public there. He's talking about a Democratic governor that refuses help. Well, didn't the governor of Ohio get a call from Joe Biden saying, hey, whatever you need, we'll help you. And then he said, well, we haven't needed him, so I haven't called him. All the while, people are getting sick or getting exposed to this shit. So once again, we're looking at projection. Now, regards to what Donald Trump said, here are the facts. This is a reversal of reality, basically. Minnesota's Democratic governor, Tim Waltz, who is a, is a good governor, I'm here in Minnesota, It was Walls, not Trump, was the one who deployed the National Guard during the 2020 unrest. Walls first activated the Guard more than seven hours before Trump publicly threatened to deploy the Guard himself. Walls' office told CNN in 2020 that the governor activated the Guard in response to requests from officials in Minneapolis and St. Paul, cities also run by Democrats. See, there's always a uh, a process to doing these things. A president can't send the National Guard into the state unless a governor wants it. A governor cannot send the National Guard into a city unless the mayors agree to it. Donald Trump did nothing in this instance. And it's always amazing to me how Republicans want to compare the insurrection to what happened in Minneapolis. I will tell you, I was here. I wasn't in the thick of it. I'm out in the suburbs, so I didn't get affected directly by it. But it was fucking crazy here. It was absolutely nuts. And I understand why it was. If anybody saw the nine-minute video of uh, the police officer killing George Floyd, if that didn't make you mad enough to fight, I don't know what the fuck your problem is because it was absolutely appalling. Donald Trump saved Minneapolis. That's absolute bullshit. He did nothing. Fact is, in the four years of his tenure, he didn't do jack shit about anything. First and foremost, COVID. All right, let's talk about Trump's executive order on monuments. Trump boasted that he'd taken effect action effective action as president to stop the destruction of statues and memorials. He claimed, I passed and signed an executive order. Anybody that does that gets 10 years in jail with no negotiation. It's not 10, but it turns into three months. He added, but we passed it. It was a very old law and we found it. One of my very good legal people, along with advisor Stephen Miller, who is essentially Uh, cartoon villain, they found it. They said, sir, I don't know if you want to try and bring this back. I said, of course I do. Here's the facts. Trump's claim is absolutely false. He did not create a mandatory 10-year sentence for people who damage monuments. In fact, the 2020 executive order did not mandate any increases in sentences. Donald Trump honestly believes he can say fucking anything, and people will believe it. 70% of the country at least would not believe it. But there's that 25%, 30% that will believe anything. He goes up to CPAC. This whole CPAC thing is about Donald Trump. He stands there and tells lie after lie, because i got a bunch more to tell you about here. He goes lie for lie, easily fact-checked. And these people just eat it up. Eat it up like it's it, it, it it's a good home-cooked meal. They just eat it up and swallow it. I've often thought, is it because these people are so stupid, don't know how to check anything out, is that the problem? Well, let's just say they are stupid, of course. But I don't think that's it. I think that they just want to hear what they believe and what fits their agenda. I mean, part of the reason why Fox News chose to lie instead of tell the truth. These people know what the truth is. They don't care as long as it does what they want them to do. They look at the government as cheating them for decades, and that may or may not be true, but they feel that anything they do to get their will done is justified. That's what the game is here. These people don't mind cheating, stealing, lying, or anything as long as they get what they want. And then they convince themselves it's about America, it's about patriots, it's about the Constitution. About the Constitution. I swear to God these motherfuckers have never read the Constitution because they keep misinterpreting it. It's like the evangelicals quoting the Bible and then perverting what the Bible says in order to fit their agenda. These people are just flat-out liars, and they will do anything to get what they want, no matter who it hurts. Whether it be transgendered people, Jewish people, people of color, whoever it is, they don't care. They'll run over anybody. And these people that vote these fucks in or go to the evangelical churches— they will sacrifice their own well-being for that agenda. They've been so convinced, they've been so hoodwinked that we're the only one that can do anything for you. And then they attempt to take the Social Security, which many of these people live on exclusively. They will cut their own throats just to support somebody who agrees with their racist, misogynistic, and anti-Semitic feelings. These people are looking to put themselves into extinction. If If somehow the politicians that they follow were allowed to do everything they want, every one of these followers would end up broke, disenfranchised, And standing there with their mouth agape and their least impressive appendage in their hand. They're that dumb. They'll cut their own throats just to make sure their little agenda is passed. It's frustrating. You really can't do much with stupid. If they haven't learned anything now, you're certainly not going to teach anything especially if you happen to be a Democrat, they won't listen to anything you say. I'm, I'm just saying these trump unfortunately, are a lost cause. All we can really do is run them back under their rocks and quiet them and try to fix things as best we can. Racism has always been here with us. For a time, it was muffled, Donald Trump comes in and throws racism on blast. So the best we can hope for now at this point is trying to muffle it again. Take away the power from these clowns. But it's not going to be easy. They're going to go fighting and kicking all the way. That's why, you know, maybe we need to get a little tougher here too. All right, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, we'll continue to talk about the many lies that Donald Trump told at CPAC. What you have to understand, his speech went 105 minutes, 15 minutes short of two hours. This is how all of Donald Trump's speeches go. And this speech was supposedly about the campaign for 2024. But what it turned into, like all of them turn into, it's about Donald Trump trying to gaslight people, trying to promote all these things he allegedly did, which he didn't do, hence the lying in this speech. And he's basically trying to rile up his base to try to get attention and to 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 get... Uh, promotion and publicity out of it. Of course he always does because when it comes to TV he's good for TV. It doesn't matter if you're on the right or the left in the media. They love showing Donald Trump's face and hearing the stupid shit he says because the stupid of us will sit and watch it. Now, something else Donald Trump talked about is NATO funding. You probably remember this. Trump said while talking about NATO funding, and I told delinquent foreign nations that they were delinquent, that they weren't paying their bills, and if they wanted our protection, they had better pay up, and they had better pay up now. You heard him talking about this. That was his his excuse, his concern, his reason for wanting to step back from NATO. The fact is, it's not true that NATO countries weren't paying bills until Trump came along or that they were delinquent in the sense of failing to pay their bills. As numerous fact checkers pointed out, when Trump repeatedly used such language during his presidency, NATO members haven't been failing to pay their share of the organization's common budget to run the organization. And while it's true that most NATO countries were not and are still not meeting NATO's target of each country's spending minimum of 2% of gross domestic product on defense, that 2% figure is what NATO calls a guideline. It is not some sort of binding contract, and it does not create liabilities. An official NATO recommitment to the 2% guideline in 2014 merely said that members not currently at that level would aim to move towards 2% guideline within a decade. Of course, Donald Trump turns it upside down and makes it something that it's not. Now, just as far as NATO's existence, boasting of how he secured additional funding for NATO from countries, Trump claimed, actually, NATO wouldn't even exist if I didn't get them to pay up. Well, Based on what we talked about just previous to this, it's fucking nonsense. No truth there at all. Fucking no truth. Absolutely a fucking lie. Now, we know that Donald Trump is really big on his ego. He's a narcissist, a sociopath, and a pathological liar. I think we proved that over the many, many podcasts we've done. Trump made his usual argument that the Washington Post and the New York Times should not have won a prestigious journalism award a 2018 Pulitzer Prize for the reporting on Russian interference in the 2016 election and its connections to Trump's team, even though it was all completely accurate. He then said, and they were exactly wrong, and now they've admitted that it was a hoax. It was a total hoax, and they got the prize. (sighs) We're talking about collaborating with Russia, and you're worried about some fucking stupid prize. Here's the facts. The Times and Post have not made any sort of hoax admissions. Nobody has. If they had, they would be lying. The claim is completely false, Times spokesperson Charles Statlander said in an email on Sunday. He keeps wanting us to believe that the Russian collusion thing was a hoax. It was not a hoax. I always say, well, he was never indicted for it. Well, we know why he wasn't indicted, because of that memo in the DOJ that says you can't indict a sitting president. I've said it a million times. There were at least 10 occasions of obstruction of justice by Donald Trump. Each one of those criminal, each one of them worth 20 years in jail. So, It was not a hoax. We know that Russia meddled in the 2016 election to help Donald Trump. How do we know this? Russia admitted to it, you dumb fuck. They keep wanting to say this Russian thing, this Russian collusion thing in the Mueller report, he got total exoneration and it was a hoax. That's not true. It was just the opposite. He was shown to be... Um, guilty of the crimes that were suggested. And, you know, he keeps doing that. He keeps using that term. I was exonerated, even though he's not. I don't even know that he knows what the word exonerated means. I don't I don't think he gets it. He's not a very sharp man. Now, remember the Nord, Nord Stream 2 pipeline, you know, from Russia to Europe? Trump claimed of his opposition to Russia's Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline to Germany. Nord Stream 2, nobody ever heard of it, right? Nobody ever heard of Nord Stream 2 until I came along. Yeah, well, that's not true. I started talking about Nord Stream 2. I had to go call it the pipeline because nobody knew what I was talking about. Now, this is pretty much standard Trump hyperbole. It's just not true that nobody had heard of Nord Stream 2 before he began discussing it. Nord Stream 2 was a regular subject of media, government, and diplomatic discussions before Trump took office. In fact, Biden publicly criticized it as vice president in 2016. Trump may well have generated increased U.S. awareness to the controversial project. But to say nobody ever heard of Nord Stream 2 until I came along is just not true. Further on Nord Stream 2, Trump claimed, I got along very well with Putin even though I'm the one that ended his pipeline." Remember, they said, Trump is giving a lot to Russia. Really? Putin actually said to me, if you're my friend, I'd hate like hell to see you as my enemy. Because I ended the pipeline, right? Do you remember Nord Stream 2, he continued? I ended it. It was dead. Yeah, I'm sure you talk back to Vladimir Putin. He would have slapped the taste out of your mouth if you did. Fact is, Trump did not kill Nord Stream 2. While he did approve sanctions... On companies working on the project, that move came nearly three years into his presidency, when the pipeline was already around an estimated 90 percent complete, and the state-owned Russian gas company behind the project said shortly after the sanctions that it would complete the pipeline itself. So he did nothing. The company announced in December 2020 that the construction was resuming, and with days left in Trump's term, and January of 2021, Germany announced that it had renewed permission for construction in its waters. Now, of course, Trump claimed that while he provided lethal assistance to Ukraine, the Obama administration didn't want to get involved and merely supplied the bedsheets. He said, do you remember they supplied the bedsheets and maybe even some pillows from pillow businessman Mike Lindell, who's sitting right over here, but they supplied Again, a lie. This is inaccurate. While it's true that the Obama administration declined to provide weapons to Ukraine, it provided more than 600 million in security assistance to Ukraine between 2014 and 2016 that involved far more than bedsheets. The aid included counter-artillery and counter-mortar radars, armored Humvees, tactical drones, night vision devices, and medical Suppri- uh, supplies. Unfucking believable. Let's talk about Ukraine. Trump claimed that Biden, as vice president, held back a billion dollars from Ukraine until the country fired a prosecutor who was after Hunter and the company was paying him. Trump was referring to Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, who sat on the board of Ukrainian energy company, Burisma Holdings. This is Ridiculous. This is baseless. There has never been any evidence that Hunter Biden was under investigation by the prosecutor, Viktor Shakin, who had been widely faulted by Ukrainian anti-corruption activists in European countries for failing to investigate corruption. A former Ukrainian deputy prosecutor and a top anti-corruption activist have both said that Burisma-related investigation was dormant at the time Joe Biden pressured Ukraine to fire Shokin. And again, it was about because he wasn't doing his job, because he wasn't investigating corruption. Here's the one I love. I heard him say this and I almost choked on my own tongue. Donald Trump promised to save America's jobs if he's elected again. Trump claimed, we had the greatest job history of any president ever. That's fucking ridiculous. The fact is that Donald Trump had the worst job creation in the history of this country. No president has had a worst, has a worse job. Uh, record on jobs. The U.S. lost about 2.7 million jobs during Trump's presidency, the worst overall jobs record for any president. The net loss was largely because of COVID-19 pandemic, but even Trump's pre-pandemic jobs record, about 6.7 million jobs added, was far from the greatest of any president. I mean, hell, we know that Joe Biden, just over two years, has 12 million jobs that were created. Donald Trump likes to throw this out there. And he'll suggest, though, well, it's not my fault because of COVID. Well, the fact of the matter is, is you did nothing for COVID. You called it a hoax. You said it would go away. You did absolutely nothing. So when COVID took hold, killed millions of people, shut down this country, it's on Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. Remember those wonderful tariffs Donnie had on China? Trump repeated a trade claim he made frequently during his presidency. Speaking of China, he said he charged them with tariffs and he had the effect of bringing in hundreds of billions of dollars pouring into our treasury from China. Thank you very much, China. He claimed that he did this even though no other president had gotten even 10 cents. Not one president got anything from them. Now, this is categorically absolutely positively untrue. It's not true that no president before Trump had generated any revenue through tariffs on goods from China. In reality, the U.S. has had tariffs on China for more than two centuries. In 2019, the U.S. generated an average of $12.3 billion in custom duties a year from 2007 to 2016, according to the U.S. International Trade Commission. Also, American importers, not Chinese exporters, make the actual tariff payments. And study after study during Trump's presidency found that Americans were bearing most of the cost of the tariffs. He puts the tariff on the Chinese. The Chinese then adds that amount to their prices. When we go to Walmart and pick up these Chinese products, we are paying the price of the tariffs. How fucking stupid is that? It's absolutely fucking ignorant, and that is um, just absolutely ridiculous. You know, the thing about it is, there's so many, so many lies that he told. I can't tell you all of them, but here's one. I always heard from the Trumplefox. Trump claimed, as he has before, that the U.S. left behind $85 billion worth of military equipment when it withdrew from Afghanistan in 2021. He said of the leader of the Taliban, he's now he's got $85 billion worth of our equipment that I bought. $85 billion, he added later, the thing that nobody ever talks about. We lost 13 soldiers. We lost $85 billion worth of the greatest military equipment in the world. What he fails to mention is the plan to pull them out was drawn up by Donald Trump. Joe Biden just did what the plan said and was already in place when he took office. Trump's $85 billion figure is false, while a significant quantity of military equipment that had been provided by the U.S. to Afghan government forces was indeed abandoned to the Taliban upon the U.S. withdrawal. The Defense Department has estimated that this equipment had been worth about $7.1 billion, a chunk of about $18.6 billion worth of equipment provided to Afghan forces between 2005 and 2021. And some of the equipment that was left behind was inoperable before U.S. forces withdrew. Here's the other thing. Joe Biden, the first one to leave equipment behind. I mean, what are they supposed to do? How much equipment was left behind in Vietnam? How much equipment did Donald Trump leave behind in Syria? At least this much. That's part of the thing that happens when you pull out of some place. It's not like you send in some moving vans and load up all the equipment. You get out as quickly as you can. I don't know if you're old enough to remember Vietnam. They were standing on the top of a hotel waiting for a helicopter to get by because they were taking fire from the North Vietnamese. Donald Trump will take the smallest thing, exaggerate it to ridiculous extents, and act as if it's true, and rarely is it true. Now, Trump claimed that he had kept his promise to complete a wall on the border with Mexico. As you know, I built hundreds of miles of wall and completed the task as promised. And then I began to add even more in the areas that seemed to be allowing a lot of people to come in. Again, totally untrue. Did not complete the border wall. According to an official border wall status report, From the Customs and Border Protection. Two days after Trump left office, about 458 miles of the wall had been completed under Trump. About 280 280 more miles that had been identified for wall construction had not been completed. Now keep in mind, we're finding out that people are climbing over those walls no problem. Some of those walls are falling down. Typical of Donald Trump doing a half-assed job. But here's my question. This is a question I have. If Donald Trump completed the wall, and it was such a beautiful wall, such an effective wall, he did such a great job. If that's the case, why then are they claiming that brown people are pouring across the border, that Joe Biden's letting them in? Wouldn't that wall have stopped them? Wouldn't that have slowed them down at least? But now you talk to them and they say, oh, Joe Biden's failing us. All these people are coming across the border. Frankly, no more people are coming across the border now than there was when Donald Trump was in office. That wall hasn't done jack shit to fix anything. And if he's hanging his claim to fame on that, well, that is just fucking embarrassing. All right, we'll move on a little bit. I don't know if you've seen this as yet. Uh, But Chris Rock, this is kind of out of the realm of what we talk about, but, you know, Sunday night going into Monday morning. Uh, Chris Rock had a new Netflix special on Saturday. Now, I wouldn't talk about comedy specials. You know, I like Chris Rock, Um, but this had some special interest. Chris Rock, during the live Netflix special on Saturday, quipped that he had Will Smith's Summertime ringing in his ears after the Best Actor winner infamously slapped him at the Oscars last year. Remember that? It's interesting. Chris Rock said nothing about it after this happened. Will Smith just gets up out of the crowd, slaps him across the face, and then sits back down and goes ahead and wins the Best Actor Oscar. It was fucking appalling. I liked Will Smith for a long time. No respect for him now. Wouldn't pay to see a fucking movie to save my life. Now, of course, as I've said, Rock has been relatively quiet about the incident. But he was starting to talk about Smith's infamous hit roughly a year after Rock's uh, Rock's joke aimed at Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. That led the actor to approach the comedian on the award show and smack him. Rock, during his aptly named special, Selective Outrage, joked that he took that hit like Manny Pacquiao. People are like, did it hurt? He said, I got summertime ringing in my ears." said Rock, who addressed the slap in depth in more than an hour into a special. Now, Rock declared that he's not a victim. Tackled a number of topics in his special, including wokeness, politics, the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol, and his love life. He was also looking at Smith's career in Hollywood in one joke, including his shirtless appearance in movies, and remarked about how Smith's a big dude, unlike himself. If you see me in a movie getting open heart surgery, I'm going to have a sweater on. (laughs) Will Smith is a bigger guy than... uh, um, and Chris Rock, and uh, then Chris Rock conti- continued to just tear him apart. I'll uh, I'll uh, just read this. This is his words, not my word. He was talking about an um, uh, interview show. It's called The Red Table Talk. His wife, Jada Smith, has it. He was on the show, and they were talking about jada pinkett smith's relationship with august alcina during one of these table talks this is what chris rock said his wife was fucking her son's friend i normally wouldn't talk about this shit no one has ever been interviewed by the person who cheated on us on television why the fuck would you do that shit she hurt him way more than she hurt me Everybody in the world called him a bitch. I tried to call the motherfucker. I tried to call that man and give him my condolences. Everybody called him a bitch, and who's he hit? Me. It was good to see Rick uh, Chris Rock get this off his, his chest. Everybody's been waiting to see what he would do with it, and I think he did the right thing. He let it sit, let it marinate for a while. And then came out, talked about it, and uh, didn't take the victim mantle. A lot of people would do that, and that's, you know, that's fucking ridiculous. I think Chris Rock handled it just perfectly. I mean, you're the guy who's the host on the uh, on the Oscars. You got to have some decorum. You got to keep control of the show. And as much as Will Smith did everything he could to turn it upside down. Chris Rock did a good job in handling it the way he did. Now I hope that Chris Rock will continue to rip apart Will Smith. This is what he deserves. What he did in the situation he did it in, in my mind, is unforgivable. I mean, Chris Rock's telling the joke, yet they panned a Will Smith. He's laughing. Then he looks over at Jada, and Jada's got that wife look on her face. Next thing you know, he's not laughing. He goes up and slaps Chris Rock. It bothers me that we even take any time talking about um, celebrities in any kind of news situation because ultimately they don't fucking matter. They just don't fucking matter. But this was an interesting story, and I'll be honest with you, Chris Rock's uh, special, fucking good. I mean, those of you that get upset about me swearing, you don't want to watch Chris Rock, because he swears more than I do. It isn't a problem for me, but if it is a problem for you, you probably don't want to watch Chris Rock. But if you're cool with it, Chris was uh, putting on a good show, so you might want to check it out. Well, Donald Trump is getting hit on all sides, you know. And each time somebody from New York, somebody from the DOJ, and now somebody from Georgia starts coming closer to him, he starts screaming like a stuck pig. Donald Trump attacked racist Atlanta District Attorney Fonnie Willis on Sunday over her battle to shield state prosecutors from bills introduced by Republicans aimed at constraining their power to indict people like him. Trump defended GOP state lawmakers' efforts, which he claimed would make it easier to remove and replace local rogue prosecutors who are incompetent, racist, or unable to properly do their job. Well, see, that isn't an issue for Fonnie Willis. First of all, you call her racist. She's a black woman, and she's racist against you, and she's a rogue prosecutor going after nothing. Well, Donnie, I don't know if you remember, but your crime was recorded. We've all heard it. There is no question about it. Now, the legislature in Georgia, the Republican legislature, is trying to weaken Fannie Willis and other DA's uh, abilities to go after actual criminals. Now it's probably not going to go anywhere and Fonnie Willis will indict Donald Trump before anything can get done with that. But that's how the Republicans play. They constantly try to undermine, they constantly try to divert and delay. They cheat and they steal. Donnie Trump can get mad and call Fonny Willis a racist all he wants, but it ain't going to work. It just ain't gonna work. He's going to get indicted even though he thinks he, uh, even though he thinks he made a perfect call. Now, as we talk about Georgia and Fulton County District Attorney Fani Willis, uh, we're hearing now that Fani Willis expected to announce sometime in May whether she will indict Donald Trump and possible, possibly some close associates over the 2020 presidential election tampering. Republican lawmakers in Georgia legislature are racing to pass new laws that would hamper prosecutorial discretion in the state. According to a report for The New York Times, one of those laws would make it easier to recall prosecutors dropping the number of required um, signatures from the current 30 percent, which is a standard for local elected officials, to just 2 percent. Now, you see what they're doing here. Now, I'm a little disappointed Fawny Willis is now projecting that she'll decide on the indictments in May. We've got some urgency needed here because these people who commit these crimes are still committing crimes, still causing problems with our country. And you're just going to sit on this till May and see what happens. You've been through a special grand jury. You've been through a grand jury. You've interviewed 75 people. Why do you need two months to decide whether or not you're going to indict? We know the special grand jury already said, yeah, go ahead, indict. I don't know why the delay. I don't know why anytime anything happens with the legal system that it takes forever. There's got to be some urgency here. We've got real problems in this country, and if the DOJ, New York, and Georgia— are just going to sit on their hands. That just gives them more chance to slip out of it, pass laws in Georgia to make it harder for Fonnie Willis. You would think, if I'm Fonnie Willis, that I would want to throw these indictments out before they tried to change anything. Why wouldn't you? I mean, they've been looking at it for two years. They've gone through the entire process. Why, instead of May, why wouldn't you do early April? That still gives you a month to sit on this and do some figuring. I don't understand how our legal system works. I don't like it. I don't think the Republicans in the legislature in Georgia are going to be able to pull anything off to slow this up or turn it upside down. I don't think they will. But why even fuck with that? Get the indictments out tomorrow. Let them fucking swim around in their shit and let them try to do whatever they have to do. But if these indictments go out before these changes take effect, too fucking bad for the Republicans. I don't get it. I don't understand why everything has to be so slow. It'd be one thing if these crimes were questionable or little tough to prove. They are not, especially the one down in Georgia with Donald Trump's voice On audio tape, not to mention all the people that testified and no doubt threw him under the bus. Seventy five people. You can't tell me they don't have enough evidence to indict Donald Trump, maybe Lindsey Graham, maybe Michael Flynn, all these other fucking clowns. You would think they'd have that by now. If I had a chance to talk to Fonnie Willis, I'd say, what's the delay here? We've got people committing crimes, and they're continuing to commit crimes while you sit and wait. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how the legal system runs. So there may or may be some reason specifically why they have to wait till May, but it kind of pisses me off as a layman, as just a commonplace taxpayer. It pisses me off that they're finding ways, well, we'll delay to this point or that point. If she's waiting till May, it wouldn't be surprising if the DOJ's waiting till May and New York's waiting till May. So that means we get to sit here with our thumbs up our ass for two more months waiting with bated breath to see what's gonna happen with these motherfuckers. Doesn't change my mind. I, I I still believe that Donald Trump will get indicted. I think the people around him will get indicted and the shit show will continue. Now, that's not to say Donald Trump, while under indictment, can't run for president, but there is no way the Republicans are going to allow him to be the Republican candidate for the presidency. The only way he could possibly run is in a third party, and keep your fingers crossed for that. Because no Republican can beat any Democrat for the presidential election coming up in 2024. That just goes without saying. But if Donald Trump is running as a third party It's going to be a blue wave for the presidency. He will split the Republican Party and the Democrats will win in a walk. So I hope he does run. I just don't think he's going to be in a position to actually pull it off. But if he does, good for us. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.